0: Thanks for joining us on It's All Relative, uh, the Read Aloud Book Club. Um this episode, we're gonna be mm-hmm. talking about chapter nine, almost a date from mm-hmm. Double Date, Rosamond Dujardin's book, mm-hmm. written in like the 1950s.
1: Yeah. The late 50s, um, right? Didn't we? Reestablish when it was actually
0: written I think, and... I think i keep remembering it's oh wait no yes no 51 1951
1: so she probably wrote it in 1950 1951 so it's basically and we keep orienting it it's like the year that your grandmother graduated high school so that is always our oh yeah interesting mm-hmm. i think I didn't realize that. or is that the year she got married oh i'm confused i might be a little confused anyway it's right about there if you don't know, I don't uh, know. I don't got it somewhere. So, what'd you
0: think? What'd you think about this chapter? You know, it's so, it's such fantasy fodder, you know, mm-hmm. like the universe letting you bump into the guy that like you have a crush on, and it just works out and you get like intimate moments with him, but like he doesn't know. And, and like it's so like normalized that like he doesn't know, but she has these feelings. And then like, you know, the fantasy is that it works out eventually. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, like, I really, this is, this is like this and the book cross my heart is very similar, (laughs) a little more indulgent in these fantasies than this book is this book is like, um, you know, like she's going through the motions, but it's faster and cross my heart. It's like, there's so many chapters of the like, will they, won't they, touching hands, like mm-hmm. tension, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it really did inform my, uh, my pubescent idea of romance. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this kind mm-hmm. of book. Like, it just was like, um, you know, like I- I've even had this debate with women now, like, do I go and like, make a guy understand that I like him and that he should like me, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Or do I try to like, let it happen organically and naturally and like trust that there's just going to be a human guy out there that like, we're both going to engage with each other and feel similarly and we can work on it together, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and how much of it is that the politics of, you know,
1: men always want to be the ones that pursue and, you know, and, and you know, that kind of thing that we're socialized into. So I was just, as you were saying that, I was thinking, well, what if we really pulled back and degendered it? You know, like two people are hanging out together and one person really is interested in the other one. Should that person say something, you know, and it's the, the perennial, you know, is this going to wreck the relationship if I say something? what if they reject me? Uh, I mean, all that stuff, you know?
0: Yeah. But it's not just that, you know, like I've, Mm -hmm. I've had times where I've been clear. I mean, like, listen, I'm not particularly skilled at this. I don't Mm. really know what I'm talking about. I have my own like struggles and, and things that haven't worked out for me (laughs) with Mm. romance at this point, I'm not like, and this worked out, you know, like it's (laughs) mostly just, this didn't work out. So Mm. what am I, it's like, freaking valentine's day today you know like oh, yeah we happened to be recording this, this on valentine's day yeah yes it's it's uh it's it could be fraught although i'll i will say with some joy that this year i am not fraught in fact i've been mm. working for like a month and a half like knowing valentine's day was coming up Well, not a month and a half like for the last month mm-hmm. that like being in a headspace where i am not fraught on valentine's day i'm just it's just valentine's day and mm-hmm. i'm fine you know, Mm -hmm. instead of being like, maybe next year, Mm -hmm. just like, no, no, it's fine. Mm -hmm. I'm just where I'm at. But like, I have had times where I have like pursued a guy and like made it happen. And then like during the breakup, I get slammed with like, well, I didn't even like you, (laughs) (laughs) like you made this happen. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I didn't choose you, you know? And that's, not a good feeling. And, and you're right. Like I'm still gendering from my own perspective Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I identify as female and I am thinking about the men that I've Mm -hmm. romantically uh, connected with. Um, but it's not, that's not a masculine feminine thing. That's just two people, one person taking on that role of making it clear and then trying to influence the result, you know, and then the other person using it as leverage to mm. justify it not working out five years later, literally five <laughs> years later, <you> know? well, <laughs> like and uh, ah, there are you know. dirt bags in the world there are um, oh, I mean, but you know the thing is like it's not that it's not that I would call even this situation the result of dating a dirt bag it's just it's a it's so fraught, like mm-hmm. human social bonding is so fraught with like strong energy, right, mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. being at the very beginning, not having like a mutual back and forth, it's like, it's just so easy if there is a breakup happening to call that out. Right. Mm -hmm, To like mm -hmm. justify the breakup in as like, here's some feedback for you. i never even liked you, you know, just like (sighs) absurd. Right. But yeah, that's just wrong. So there's, yeah, there's the people being unable
1: to handle the emotions of a breakup. And so they pull out all their worst things. But I, but I'm thinking about this though, this chapter, this almost a date thing. This was kind of my, my model for like how to get to know people was to hang out, hang out, hang out, hang out, and then kind of see if sexual tension developed and then, you know, act on the sensual sexual tension at some like moment of like heightened hormones, you know, whatever.
0: I'm also fine with sensual tech tension. I like sensual Mm. tension as well. (laughs) I'm I'm very impatient with
1: sensual tension. (laughs) For me, it was flat out sexual. And this, so it's like there's this, but even that, but what I came to learn was that if you have a trusting friend relationship, which I had, you know, dozens, dozens of trusting friend relationships that would like some of them would tip over into the, the sexual tension arena. It would almost always kill the trusting friendship relationship, which, you know, I mean, I had a lot of like really confused moments where I was like, okay, so we're not going to continue to see each other, but why aren't we friends anymore? Why is this, you know, we're not going to have sex anymore, but why aren't we still friends? And I, I, I never did really figure that out, you know, which is why I was single for a million years, um, mm. where I had a lot of friends that were men, but I was like, at a certain point, I was like, I just can't, I don't want to break this thing that we do have. So, so for me, end of the day, nine years ago, just about was meeting somebody and it was actually mutual in the first minute that we met, the sexual attraction was there like instantly. And so then, then we could kind of go forward and build the trust based on knowing there was a mutual, you know, attraction, you know, and I don't know that I had had that ever before. It was either one person kind of springing it on me or me springing it on somebody else you know and mm-hmm. um I, it's a mystery i think I, but i'm certainly there's successful couples that have done it this way done it that way done it the other way you know i mean there's very definitely all the different scenarios have, have worked in human history so it's not <laughs> yes. like you can you know it's not like you can yeah. generalize so this so but i but i like that i mean this thing where she's not she's building tr- where he's there's a trust element to this interaction that they have here with their friends, and it's all really easy going And she can totally be herself in front of him. I mean, so she's building, you know, in his mind, he's getting actually her and not some fake her, you know. Yeah. Like, and that's that's good. So when of course, as as is want, these romances are want to do, he sees the light, he will know who he actually sees, you know, is seeing and not, you know, have it be some other things yeah. so that's you know yeah, i don't know I it's mean, a mystery
0: it's, it's we don't have a lot of people writing stories about like and then we were clear with each other and it was a great <laughs> experience and that's how we fell in love the end you know like <laughs> so many of these kinds of stories are about enduring the tension mm-hmm you know, and the doubt and the, and the wrestling and the does, she does me, you know, like whatever I'm thinking of the one you've,
1: you've seen the movie when Harry met Sally, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so, so their cup, their, their miss, Harry and Sally is a mess, but they're two best friends. I don't know if you remember when they met at that dinner, like they, they, they were trying to set. So like her best friend who was a woman and his best friend, who was a guy, they were trying mm-hmm. to set up their best friends with their own best friends. Right. So, but then when they got to the dinner, those two best friends, like instantly fell for each other and like ditched them totally and took off (laughs) together. (laughs) And, you know, that, that was like a moment of, you know, adorableness and it worked, but it doesn't make for a movie, right. It happens too fast. And then then they became just the the best friends in the movie, you know, um, yeah, stories require tension that takes a long time, you know? So, Mm um, it's not real life, but nobody told me it wasn't real life back then. Yeah, I've
0: been I've been reading a uh, I've been reading a lot of um, books on shame, like psychological mm. books on shame, and mm-hmm. I just finished one called, uh, and by reading I mean audio booking d mm. uh-huh. so i have a friend who was like that counts as reading stop saying that and i feel like every time i talk about this i i retell that story um <laughs> <but> anyway <laughs> well now we know uh, yeah so so it's a it's called understanding and treating chronic shame it's a therapist book written by a therapist for therapists so i feel like top secret sneaky <laughs> um getting to read all this but i i a couple of takeaways that are really sticking with me afterwards is that you know there's this talk about how shame creates the need to have healing fantasies um mm-hmm. because it's very hard to engage with the world from a place of shame mm-hmm. so like somebody's so if you have shame around attraction or arousal right mm-hmm you, it's going to be hard to engage with the humans that spark that feeling in you. Right. Which is, mm. which is just very hampering for a dating life. And, um, and so then they're talking, so in this book, she's talking about like all the things that go into like how shame happens and blah, blah, blah. But like, but she says a couple things, like she says, like, The thing, the reason it will get in the way, the reason fantasies will get in the way is that you'll talk to someone and your fantasies will cloud your ability Mm -hmm. to assess what's actually happening between you and the person and like Mm -hmm. where you can actually build in reality together. So like, you'll imagine all of these like wonderful things you could say or do together. And you'll just miss the fact that like, you just aren't doing those things. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah. Like the, the, the text conversation has stopped, you know, or the, the, the willingness to meet up is limited, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so you're just accidentally living in the very safe fantasy world, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it kind of goes along with some of that AA stuff that we've talked about where it's like re it's like finding your comfort in reality like trusting that reality is actually a place where you can build your own future. And like, you can expect to see results, but you have to first admit that reality doesn't hold the same stuff. You've got tucked away in your fantasies, you know, in order to start working with what's there. And then the book ended in a beautiful way on this idea that like, slowly, like I've always thought I had to like, just reject my fantasies and deal with disappointment, but actually she's like, no, what, what'll happen is you'll start engaging with the world more because shame's not in your way. It's not blocking you from being able to access like certain like social exchanges. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you'll start to find your fantasies are manifesting. Like they're just showing up. Because mm. bit by bit, you're able to go out and do, you're able to engage with reality instead of like pulling yourself away away with your fantasies. There's like a causal relationship. Like if you're, fa- if you're doing the fantasy
1: thing and it's not real and it's ephemeral, it doesn't have any substance in, in fact, but if you're really seeing the person that you're with and really seeing them and really like getting who they are and making things or suggesting things to do with them, or I, I don't know, I mean, I'm not sure I'm articulating this well. Anyway, it just has more substance. And it's, it's a building of something that the two of you are participating in, because your fantasy is just you participating in it, right? And, yeah, you know, the, but if you have something that's happening in the external real world, the IRL, you know, it's really happening, that person is also, you know, involved in it, and it becomes something you now legit share, and you can build on. And you can say, remember when we did X, Y, Z, you know, yeah, that's, that's really profound. And it happens pretty fast. Cause I mean, I, you know, I've got, again, I've got nine years with my partner now. And I used to think in the beginning, I was like, wow, I'm starting over with a whole new person. And how long is it going to take before we start having this shared space? And it happened, it just, we started building memories and I no longer had to fantasize. I think I was really keeping myself you know, for lack of a better word, sane, you know, um, uh, to keep myself from being so completely depressed and, and feeling my loneliness. I didn't feel my loneliness because I fantasized so deeply. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. so, but I was pretty lonely and pretty, you know, it was like a desert landscape until he came along and it was very gradual watering that turned, you know, turned our life into something that blossomed to, to kill this metaphor, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's really accurate. I mean,
0: so the fantasy, the fantasy, that that the fantasy
1: blocks it, but fantasy keeps it. If you live in your fantasy land and you're, if you just keep spackling that fantasy onto everybody you meet, no matter who they are, that yeah. kind of blocks the ability to get close to them. Right.
0: But you got to know, like, like, so if we're going to keep talking about this, cause it is, it is incredibly valuable information, mm-hmm. but it, the reason the fantasy is so uh, prevalent mm-hmm. is is because there is experience, past experience that set up the belief that there's no such thing as that fantasy manifesting in the real world. So Mm. essentially like in an effort, at some point reaching out relationally to others didn't succeed. And the loneliness just got confirmed. Like there is Mm. no solve for this. Right. And it's Uh, it's a long time ago, usually. Right. It's like, usually these like very rich, compelling, um, somatically engaged fantasies come from children. You know, mm. it's like that's a child who couldn't find a relational safe place for a feeling of connection. Mm. And then just the more you can't find that, the more the child has to use fantasy to cope. And then it just becomes like the the base reality, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so you'd be walking through the world, just assuming other humans can't provide this, even though you can kind of see that other people have found humans to get that information from, or to get that satisfaction from, but that doesn't mean that like your body knows how to calibrate for that. Well, and it's also the
1: difference between getting it instantly and, cultivating it over time. And there's a lot of my fantasies where I could have, I could have the fantasy content immediately if I yearned for it, right? Whereas, you know, something that I have to build with another human, you gotta, there's so much going on there. You got to build the trust, you got to spend time on it, you got to, you know, kind of be in agreement. And I mean, there's just a lot of negotiating that has to happen, especially when I was single for so long before I attempted this. And it just took me a long time to even comprehend I was, you know, what what is a relationship even even what even is it like the, you know? the
0: only way you're going to be able to like withstand that time period of mm-hmm. lack, right. Mm-hmm. Is if you believe it's possible and it's worth it, right. Mm. So you have to take that like leap of faith because your body is going to just tell you like no such thing, never met a mm. person that can do it me specifically, this specific body cannot relate to people because there's no such thing as someone who could relate to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And then maybe that's why, that's, like- maybe that's why this whole dating period thing really
1: needs to be fun. You know, like this, this part, so you're motivated to keep at it, you know, mm-hmm. well, because there's a disconnect between, you know, fantasy and reality. So the fun part you know, cause I've always, I've always wondered if that's kind of fake, right? Like you have, you, you date and you're having a great old time and then, you know, you, you move in together or you're married or whatever, and things just get normal and you're not having quote the same fun you had before, but what you have yeah. is something completely different, you know, completely there's a substance to it where you don't need that much amusement, you know, it's more of a steadiness, you know? And that's interesting though, that the dating thing though, I think is necessary because of what we're talking about here you know
0: yeah it's like you need a third thing to be doing while you're Mm -hmm. waiting to see if the other thing is possible you know it's like
1: right and that's why we get all excited we have all these things in common you know like oh he'll go see theater with me or oh he'll do you know things on the beach or oh he'll you know blah 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 there's all this list of fun fun activities talk
0: to you it's like yeah i'm stimulated i'm i stay Mm -hmm. engaged like i'd be willing to hang out with you even if there Mm -hmm. isn't um Even if the fantasy can't be fulfilled with you, you know, Mm -hmm. like or externalized Mm -hmm. with you, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that totally does make sense. And then it becomes very important that you aren't going on dates that aren't fun for you. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) because like exactly, what are you going to do if you're not having a good time anyway? You know, right? Yeah, that's discouraging. That would be
1: so. Yeah, it's like I think that. So it's almost like you know how how fun was that day? It's not like asking you know, oh, did your date go well? You know, was it a what? Did you have a great time? Did you have a great time? And you know, ask I should ask my friends that more, or you or whoever I know that's that's dating is like, okay, was it a gas? Did you laugh? You know, did did, you know, were you intrigued or interested or what and those cause those things, yeah, will keep you and then and then it's over time you make the decision, am I gonna commit to this person? That's a that's a, it's almost a different decision, you know. Um, yeah,
0: like I feel like I, listen, again, I don't know. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it does really seem like the commitment, the commitment really is a, is a agreement to just spend a large portion of your human time with another person. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, and share decision-making and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And do certain things together,
1: you know, perform certain activities together, you know, like running a house or having kids or whatever, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But like, if you're not that excited about going on like a third date, right. Right. Like, it's it's just like you'd expect like the more you hang out with the person the more you'd want to hang out with the person mm-hmm. and that creates like that creates commitment like mm-hmm. commitment evolves from just sharing more and more of your time with the person you know until oh well, yeah like, and, it, it, and that enjoyable time about. that you've shared and you
1: have these memories that you're building that mm-hmm. becomes almost a motivator to keep being with that person to keep hanging out with that person you know yeah. it's like it's like it, it's like a um you know, a, a reson it resonates on itself and it it uh, builds that momentum.
0: I don't know. It's like you know, a problem I have, a problem mm. I personally have, is that I am an experience designer. I design mm. experiences <laughs> for a living, and I err on the side of designing fun ones. Mm. <laughs> and it's not that often that I meet people who can craft experience back to me. You know mm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. It's definitely yeah. very yeah. easy for me to be in an imbalanced, fun moment, you know?
1: Right. I guess I, yeah, for me, it came down to exciting because the the folks that I dated before my current partner, my current, my lifelong partner, the real partner that I have now, um, they were basically poopy heads, you know, like it was difficult to get them to do anything and it wasn't about money or time or anything. They just legit wanted to sit at home and watch you know tv reruns and cook dinner and just sleep you know mm-hmm. like they like you know the one guy did not want to go and like i mean we it, we were in los angeles we had theater we had museums we had all kinds of things we could do right and yeah. it was pulling teeth again. he was like eh, i'd suggest something he'd be like eh, eh, you know And then the other guy, I think, was just flat out lying to me because I think he was still married. So he didn't want to be seen with me anywhere.
0: (laughs) so I think I had that happen to me recently. Oh, geez. What is that? I really do think that that happened to me. I don't know that I don't think that guy was married, but I definitely, like, think that he wasn't actually single, (laughs) you
1: know, and so they don't want to, you know, so that was like, but that caught on that fairly quickly. But with this dude, you know, John, my, my Valentine today is my Valentine today. Um, he was up for anything. And, and I had a million, I did, I had a backlog of things I wanted to do. And he was just up for all of it. He's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. He's saying yes to everything. And, you know, it was just such a, it was such a relief and we would have fun and he would enjoy it. And he's like, he's not going to go to Shakespeare by himself, but I took him to all these Shakespeare plays and he's like, I've seen more Shakespeare now than I ever had, you know, like whatever. And it like added to his life. And then he's, you know, the things that he likes to do, which he, yeah. So like, there were things that he taught me about or not taught me, but like brought me along to, or exposed me to, so to speak, you know, like, like introduced me to that were also yeah. really fun. You know, there's just a lot of, there was a lot of fun, but I mean, I, I in, at the end of the day, I mean, I was the one, you know, like, like making the more, more suggestions just cause I was, I'm, I love doing stuff. Right. So I had all these things. Um, And it was just, it really just meant a lot that he was so positive about saying yes to stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. that was, that was, that meant a lot to me too, you know?
0: I mean, that's definitely stuff. That's definitely stuff that's locked in fantasies for me is like Mm -hmm. things that I fantasized about that. I don't, I don't know that I've, I mean, I'm, I'm just now getting myself from everything I learned about myself in COVID or in isolation, Mm -hmm. really. And Mm -hmm. like thinking about what it takes for me to be happy in a space and happy in like an intimate time, you know, like, so I'm just now being like, I think I need to like communicate some of this. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going to have to say some of this uh, out loud and not just have it like in my head. Right. Mm, um, to like, to which, a person that you're dating to like somebody. To a person, you know? Yeah. 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 And just like, that's see scary. How respond, you know, yeah.
1: But if you do it enough, I guess it's like, if you get, just get in the habit of being upfront with who you are, it becomes yeah. less scary, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's, you know what? It's not even, I'm not even saying it's necessarily a, a feeling of fear. It's mm. more like I had this idea uh, that again, I'm relating to when I'm reading mm. this book. Like mm-hmm. I had this idea that if it were gonna happen, it would just happen on its own, you know? Mm. And so in that mm. sense, I understand Pam being like, I think you gotta be a little more realistic. <laughs> like you gotta like- <laughs> You're going to have to like say to humans out loud, you know, this Mm -hmm. is like kind of basic, but it's, it's not basic. If you're fighting against like shame patterns, you know, Mm -hmm. like, because like at some point you just didn't get the reps in that, like humans need you to talk about this stuff and then you will be heard and appreciated and embraced. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so you need to like, just. You just need to put your own reps in now publicly as an Mm -hmm. adult, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. So, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, how many times over and over do I feel like this is just something I'm always learning is that like you're going to have to say out loud what you want Mm -hmm. from work? You're going to have to say out loud what you need in order to feel safe. You're going to have to say out loud, like, which of the stimuli is bothering you, you know, Mm -hmm. like that kind of thing.
1: Well, you know, I think Um, it's done a lot. The fact that you've done that journey has done a lot for our relationship, right? You know,
0: yeah, because we've been actually, yeah, yeah. And when you start doing that too, there's this like side effect, this really wonderful side effect that you start to realize, like, how you can support others to say things they might not be sharing, you know, and like Mm -hmm. you can sort of start to create like safe, reciprocal spaces by being Mm -hmm. a person who's willing to hear and willing to like allow a certain amount of grace while people awkwardly try to say things they've never shared before. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Cause that
0: comes out all different ways, you know, like sometimes <laughs> people share things and then they like comes out with like, a, cause you have to use like sometimes with some of this stuff in order to share feelings that you don't share that often, you have to like use a force to get it out of your face, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. the, A force of frustration or a force of sadness, or like, like you have to like, you have to, it's like a rocket ship trying to get it out of your body mm-hmm. and into the world, you know? Well, Cause it's
1: like the ones you express first are the ones that have built up the most, you know, potential energy, so to speak. But like, they really, they're they're they've been in there bubbling away yeah. for a while and then they like burst yeah, because out they haven't you. been yeah. expressed. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's my little, my little journey now with my therapist is, you know, a first figuring out that I actually had emotions. So many that I had shut off and, mm-hmm. and then learning you know trying to be able to express them at the moment they're happening instead of waiting you know with people you trust and people that you're trying to build this authentic relationships with right so you mm-hmm. express them at that moment even if it's uncomfortable and unpleasant and you you um, trust that the person is going to accept you they might not be comfortable and they might react back to you you know in some way right um yeah. and you you'll have to deal with kind of how that how the conversation goes but to not let things just You know, not to not squish them down into yourself and just sit there festering and to to come out in some uh emotional outburst that's really damaging, you know, can be really damaging. And right and that and that's um kind of profound. It's been really profound for me to have those moments where, you know, I say something out loud, the person responds how they're gonna respond. We have a respectful interchange and I actually get to a place of increased safety because now they understand something about me they didn't before, you know. Yeah. And that's kind of mind blowing, you know. Yeah, that's
0: that's how that trust gets built, you know. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So here we have, you know, Penny, dear Penny is, you know, she's not she's not acting on her impulses. She's not like telling the guy, you know, anything. She didn't try to get him to take her to the dance and all that. I mean, and and she's happy with the evening they had that happened by chance. She's she'd rather it happen, you know, like through divine intervention than her having to you know tell him right and so so far that's it's i mean it's a lovely evening that's this is the kind of evening that's like poised between you know desire and and um satisfaction you know where you're like just kind of so now she's got something to really moon about to really think about you know and
0: yeah and i'd say like the only the the thing here too is that like for Mike his fantasy I mean Mike we haven't even talked about Mike mm. like at all right but mm, right. technically we can infer that he also lives in his fantasies he's just fantasizing about Pam right mm-hmm. like he's like he's he's letting Pam uh, inform his job decisions inform his mm. like like what it means to be a desirable man right. Mm-hmm as he's fantasizing that at some point he's going to get to the point where there's this burst of relatability between them. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so he's just not recognizing and who knows if he ever will, like some people live their whole life like this, you know, and, 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 and it's a book that's endearing and blah, blah, Mm. blah. Like we all kind of know where it's going, but if you weren't going to know where it's going, if you're talking about Mm. real life, like a person acting like this, That person uh, is probably on a trajectory to become like status focused and be like trying to get like their job all figured out so they can prove they have like money and they get the girl that, you know, just, Mm -hmm. you know, versus Mm -hmm. like recognizing that having an amazing chill night with someone is, is a human experience worth having. Right. Right. Like, and, and actually quite rare, Mm -hmm. Uh, it just is rare. It's like, it's like we downplay that, but how precious just because it's repeatable (laughs) because these people are close to you. It's not Mm -hmm. like a big shiny moment. Doesn't mean it's not incredibly unique to you that you found someone who fits you that way, you know? Mm -hmm. And you can just be relaxed with just relax and not
1: thinking about, do I have enough money or do I have enough status or do I have enough, you know, I mean, he likewise doesn't have to be anybody but himself around Penny, you know? And maybe he'll come to come to kind of get that conclusion. There's one detail they didn't put in here. And I wonder what the author intended. They walk into the movie theaters together, the four of them. I guess I have just a little curiosity. Would the boys have paid for the girls? You know, it doesn't they don't mention who paid for who, you know, or if anybody paid for anybody or who bought the popcorn. I mean, so like she's sitting beside Mike eating popcorn out of the same box. Did he buy it? you know, mm-hmm. those are, those kind of, th- that's me being very transactional about what counts as a date, you know, like it's well, a, this date. Count
0: a date. doesn't as a
1: Yes. This it is not, this is a sort a date. of date, but would it have counted as a date? Like if he bought her ticket and bought her popcorn, or is that just something any, you know, boy at that time would have done? Cause that's just what, you know, no girl was supposed to pay for things or whatever. I, you know, it's like a little piece of, you know the culture of that time that i i can't suss out those two paragraphs like what actually happened you know
0: yeah i don't know i think that my assumption is it's not a date it's just four friends happen to go at the same time so everyone paid for themselves you know yeah but so, they're sharing popcorn somebody had to buy the popcorn yeah okay so he probably bought the popcorn that's my he probably guess. bought the popcorn yeah he probably bought
1: the- he passed her the popcorn and spoke casually like they're, maybe it's popcorn, they're all passing up and down together. Are they all chipped in for this 25-cent popcorn? Should I tell you how much popcorn cost back then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the movie itself Don't was probably like a dollar. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Hmm.
1: Hmm. It's just all. Uh... So even with the detail that she's going into here, there's pieces of this that we're never going to know <laughs> what actually happened.
0: We're going to have to talk to Rosamund.
1: Yes. Dude. what was the author's intent yes intent? who paid for whom here what happened here you know because uh yeah you know because i know i'm very socialized to think it's like not actually a date unless the guy has paid for me you know and yeah but you
0: know. one last thing that i want to talk about that's slightly yes. different topic is that the dresses thing that yeah. like pam pam's family makes her a dress for the sock hop because she's going to the sock hop and that's normal. Penny is now one dress short, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. because she's not doing the normal, like trajectory of, I go to all the dances, somebody make me things, you know, Mm -hmm. I think, I think I'm remembering that like, that might get cleared up at some point, but I just, I just find that I think that kind of thing has always bothered me, you know, Mm -hmm. like you, if you don't do all the, the things that people expect socially in this, like kind of limited pathway, then Mm -hmm. like, it's very easy to overlook sharing resources and equalizing resources. You know, like if you don't go to all the dances, you're going to have like less clothes, you know, Uh, that kind of thing. Yep. Yep. I think there's a point
1: later. There's a later point where where Pam's getting some kind of dress and Penny asks for like a suit or something. She gets some other kind of clothes or whatever. Yeah. She doesn't get the pretty dress though. Right. And I hear, I hear what you're saying. The sweater
0: is this and and grandma knit this sweater. This is a knit thing, you know, but like the priorities get skewed, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so I, I think it's like a pretty normal human experience. Like Basically it's similar to being, if you aren't like the loudest kid mm-hmm. in your family, the louder people get more human resource management time, you know, huh. if huh. you're like quiet and like together and you're taking care of yourself, you there's just like a consistent accumulation of receiving less material support, you know, Interesting. Because, yeah. because it's just not as people just their attention isn't pointed at you you know, Mm -hmm. your needs are not as like publicly evident. And uh, I don't, there's not, I'm just calling it out because like that kind of thing is some, you know, I've, I've always been a very self-sufficient, like self-managed human. Mm -hmm. And like, and so I'm like sensitive to the, the, the fact that like over time, the resources can become quite askew. If I'm not hanging out with people who are like really in tune with like, fairness across the board you know
1: well it's interesting because it's like what is you know what fair like if you have one person who is like really into clothes and one person who couldn't care less about clothes but say likes musical instruments you know so is fairness sure. that you is it fairness that you spend the same amount of money on the two of them or the same amount of items or just whatever their like interest you know?
0: is I don't think it's that. I don't think you can break it down into a system right. like that. It's just like the attunement to whether or not someone ha- is having similar resource sharing experiences. You mm-hmm. know? And they're feeling satisfied. They're feeling loved. Yes. They're feeling provided for. Right. Right. Yeah. And not like satisfied, like just making good with, with whatever mm-hmm. they've got, but satisfied, like feeling supported in whatever they're they're doing to get themselves to wherever they want to be as a person, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm it's just something to notice. Like, I think, well, I think parents of
1: twins have to think about this all the time. You know, I think it's, you know, I mean, these are in particular, these are twins. So there's, you know, you know, yeah. And it's just, and I think that's, you know, I mean, I'm speaking as someone who knows nothing about parenting twins. I feel like that's something that twin parents would be aware of and would like, you know, try to you know like some well some parents will you know the, the ones who make the decision to always dress their kids the same which it seems like this mother initially made that decision let's dress them the
0: same um yeah but that's not that's also not the only access of fairness right because there's also like no, right. Pam right yeah is getting a dress to go to the dance so she can like work on her social skills and like keep up her status mm-hmm. penny is penny receiving as much material support for her activities and the things that she loves to do mm-hmm. you know like and just saying like she doesn't need it is not really like uh, it that doesn't really uh, align them right because like mm-hmm. yeah right. the, it's more just like in the resources of the family does penny have enough access to resource spent on her behalf you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm yeah there's just something to consider Mm you know
1: maybe we'll notice that in the next book which is about going to college you know maybe that'll be like
0: that's
1: where actual resources have to hit the table you know hmm well cool i mean i found this to be a very satisfying chapter for me you know it was just i i like moments like this where where a person's you know they're just having fun they're relaxed no one's having to perform you know and they're just and it's so casual and i like you know I really loved my friendships in high school you know and just hanging out with people like this was a blast to me always you know so I felt happy yeah. for Penny and right the there was
0: some solid plot movement right because mm-hmm. we know the plot is about her relationship developing with Mike and, right and then here's and so here's and, what happens oh sorry go ahead yep you first and we got some plot movement with Pam finally acknowledging the plot of the damn book <laughs> <laughs> She had two key players. You used to be fine with it. (laughs) You used to be fine with it. Two key people who Penny isn't, who Penny feels are important to her, acknowledged her Mm -hmm. in this chapter in a way she's not been acknowledged before. Right. Right. And we had a couple little. We we had a couple other little plot things. We've got mom having her double date with Mm -hmm.
1: Lucius and Graham and some mystery man. And, uh, and then the big question we're going to find out is like, what happens when Pam finds out that Penny spent the evening with Mike when she wasn't at the dance? Dun, dun, dun. Mm. Dun,
0: dun, dun. Yeah.
1: So the next chapter is called mother gets a break. I wonder yeah, wonder what that means. That now happens. to me, that would mean mother gets a day off, but I think it means she gets some kind of like break for her career. I don't really know what kind of break it is. We'll find out. Um, Chapter 10. So join us next time. Thanks for being
0: here. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.